Welcome to Coconut Oil Stardust and Dope Vibes. I am your resident fairy godmother, Tamara Angela. And I wanted to, last year, I was guided to do the Sunday moments and committed to, to doing that and recording those for every week. Um, I want to... Be as obedient as possible <laughs> and get back to um, speaking a bit on the podcast and just speaking and sharing. So I want to make sure that I commit to recording some of these um, early morning downloads and things like that. Because sometimes what happens is I receive them and then I write them down. Um, I may walk away from them. I may not translate them or spend time with the messages and downloads that I receive. So I want to make sure that I get better at that um, and making sure that you guys get that information. So for um, the past couple years, a lot of things that I've been discussing and downloads I've seen them come you know full circle come to fruition and one of the things I've been talking about is um, this Neptune in Pisces transit um, which began back around like 2011-2012 typically Neptune is going to stay within a zodiac influence for about 14, 14 years or so, depending on what those retrogrades and everything look like. And so we are in a space where we are needing to usher in the age of Aquarius. I'm going to sip some tea while I talk to y'all because it is allergy season here in Georgia and pollen, pollen, pollen. Stuffiness, sinuses, all of the above. So we're at that space where we need to usher in the age of Aquarius. And as far as astrology goes, there's going to be a lot of important shifts and changes. Well, we're still in this Neptune and Pisces till about 2025, which takes us halfway through this decade. And then we're going to have um, a shift that is going to, um, I think, really help propel us forward in a way that I hope is progressive, <laughs> like positively progressive, um, because there's a lot of, of fundamental, like foundational change that needs to take place for humankind. And I think the thing that we have to remember, and I talked about this on the We Are the Ancestors episode, which is in the archives. I think the thing that we have to remember is that, you know, a lot of these changes, a lot of the things that we have to do, it's not based on what we need now. It's based on laying a foundation for our descendants. To come and there's really there's really this need for humans to think outside of like immediate needs in the moment 
this helps us to being able to do that helps us to foster a um, sense of community, which is so necessary. It's so very necessary for just our continued existence. Um, so I've been talking about um, a lot of philosophies being addressed and creating new philosophies. That was something that I've been discussing for the past few years and saying that, you know, um, especially like the Neptune and Sagittarius generation, like the as far as your natal chart goes, um, if you are part of the Neptune and Sagittarius generation, our job, which I am, but so I'm going to say our, our job is to um, help to write these philosophies, record them, um, be a scribe, um, speak to them. And some of us are designed to actually create new philosophies, meaning that there, um, we recognize certain, um, transformation in humankind and say, you know, we are at this space. So moving forward, if humans are going to operate and continue to exist, um, we need to understand that we've been adapted and we need to do this. Right. And so we have to be able to speak to that experience. Our writers do that. Um, our photographers do that. So this is where I've been talking about how there's this great renaissance going on because of how visual everything is. Um, photography has always been a thing, you know, um, photographs taken and put in the newspaper and, there are certain photographs that we see um, that we understand and recognize. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's a classic photo. We know where that came from. It gives us an idea of these certain slices in time. Um, but there's also this space where we are innately um, supposed to, um, you know, write down some of these things that are going on. We're supposed to to transcribe them. Um, to help us to remember and understand what's going on, but then also to help us to understand that certain things need to be recorded and not erased so they don't get repeated. If uh, When I worked in um, clinical social work, there was always this thing that we said, we, we would say, if you didn't write it down, it didn't happen. Because um, so much of what we had to do was documentation based. Oh, my God. Everything had to be documented. It's like if you walk down the hallway, document that. And I know that sounds extra. And this probably happens in other um, in other career spaces, too. But. It was a huge thing. It's like, you know, when you're working with clients, if you didn't document it, it didn't happen. Even if it's one of the worst, like you think it's like, oh my God, this is one of the worst things ever. You had to document in order to create a voice for yourself. It's like, yeah, I was here. This happened. The client denied this. The client declined this. You had to have something written because if something needed to be addressed, challenged, talked about later, <clears throat> I mean, you couldn't come back and be like, oh yeah, that really did happen. No, you had to have documented it. 
And, you know, at first in that arena, that felt so weird to me because I was like, oh my gosh, it's almost like a journal of sorts for your day. And to me, I was like, almost like I remember thinking, like, is there like a space where you almost tell on yourself with some of this stuff? But I understood later, it's like, if you write it all down now, it's hard for something to bite you in the ass later, right? And that ended up being um, a saving grace in a whole lot of situations, right? Because you wrote down like all of these things occurred. And it what it also showed was a level of awareness. It showed that like you were present enough and paying attention enough to the client or whatever the situation was. Um, and you had awareness. Nothing went over your head in that moment. And so you're saying hey, I was here, I showed up, this is what transpired, do what you want with it, right? Because what would happen is if if something came back around, they would be like, well, you were there that day, what happened? And if it looked like you didn't have a level of awareness, people were like, well, what the hell are you doing there for the day? Like, what was going on that you weren't um, in touch or aware? And I think that part is 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 super important for understanding why we need to document so much of what is going on. People, you know, that come after us need to know how we live, need to know how, like these things did not work. These things continue to repeat themselves. Um, it gives a level of accountability as well. It's so another just example of this is like, when I do readings with clients, I don't need the cards. I don't need the cards to tap into divine spirit. I like the cards, though. I like pretty things, right? Um, and the clients like to receive the cards, too, because sometimes in the moment they're listening to what the message is. But then um, them receiving the cards also, to me, it gives them an opportunity to pay attention to the message received in a way that's personal for them. I'm interpreting the message, but it's your message, right? So I want you to be able to look at the cards and, and, um, and see what you see. I want you to be able to gather what you gather because it's, it's you attuning, but then the, also the, the extra benefit to that is when I send you your cards, right? We have record of what your reading was. Cause I, I don't remember what your reading was about after I'm done. I tune in and I tune out and then I'm done. If I start to, if you come to me for readings and we see that you're getting the same thing all the time, because we can look at the cards and say, Mm, these past few times, you didn't got the same thing. You have to be held accountable for what's not moving. Like you keep coming to me, but this isn't moving because we have that visual. We have that written record, right? And so that's what's so important here when we're talking about the philosophies um, and things that we need to address. That part, I think, is is really key to this conversation that we're about to have here. Um, 
because what I'm seeing happen is, you know, like I said, I talked about the fact that we have these philosophies that need to be pretty much upgraded and upgraded in a, some things need to be upgraded in a way that um, just says, you know what, this philosophy is tested and tried and true. It just needs to have a different application to how we live now. The other thing is these new philosophies, we have to write things down and record because there are certain um, philosophies and ideas that will get us through things short term. It's like, oh, once we address this, we won't have to come back to it. And then there are certain things that are going to lay the groundwork for things moving forward way more long term. The issue I'm finding is that we are being constantly assaulted by people's opinions and these opinions um, are being presented as intelligent conversation, teachings, um, forms of developing, and it's not actually moving us forward. It's not actually moving us forward. Um, I remember one time, um, I had, I think either I, I posted something about karma and then, um, you know, conversation ensued on the page and then somebody came through and I saw them posting something about karma as well. And then I was like, yeah, but that's not what karma is. Like they were talking about, you know, oh, karma is this and that. And I was like, that's not actually what it is. Oh no, but that's what I understand it to be. No, it like it doesn't change definition because you want to extract a certain piece of it, like to relate or to create your own agenda or to relate the way you want to relate. Like that's not how that works. There are um Buddhist teachings on karma that stand that's it. There are ancient philosophies and teachings on karma. It is what it is. And it is that because it was divinely downloaded and divinely taught. And so we can't come through and be like, oh, this is what karma is and say that that is adapting to uh, like our our new way of thinking no what you did was you took it and you appropriated it and you morphed it and changed it into a new narrative that fits your false reality and you're refusing to see the truth the truth of the matter is for example karma has nothing to do with revenge it just it doesn't like that's not what it's about if you actually go study the actual teachings, not study what a person teaches you, study the actual teachings, you would understand karma has nothing to do with revenge or get back or anything like that. It's not even what it's about. And you would understand the extensions of karma um, and understanding how like everything we do is karmic. Everything we do creates a footprint. 
Um, and you would understand how that affects and guides your life. But people don't want to do that. They like to take something that's jazzy on a post and then like, oh, we're going to discuss this. But you're actually discussing something that's not true. You're, you're sitting and overanalyzing a false reality. Where is that going to take you? Like, what what's the point of that? You're, you're overanalyzing a lie about karma and you're not overanalyzing it to change the lie. You're overanalyzing it to continue in the false reality and then say, this is intelligent conversation. That to me is absolutely insane. It's absolute insanity. And it's a complete waste of time. There are actually, um, you know, people, what we have to understand is these things don't need a new definition. You know, we came through and redefined time. And you see where that's got us. Time was this infinite idea and we took it and restructured it and it wreaks havoc on our bodies every day every single day (laughs) so we we come through and then we add this human element and then say I'm going to teach from here which absolutely removes God from the conversation and it removes the divinity of these ideas from for the divinity from these ideas and that's where things start to become problematic what we're supposed to be doing is um let's say having an understanding like so for instance i have been on the path you know with reiki for the past few years and um Obviously, you know, it's, it's, it's centuries old. Um, but then it's the concept of energy itself is even older, right? And how energy translates that concept is even older. And so what happens is a lot of people don't understand Reiki or they haven't been introduced to it. And so when they ask me what it is, there is a an actual um answer for Usui Reiki um that comes from the original teacher Mikao Usui. The way that I translated that to give it an upgraded um application is I said to me Reiki is like your grandmother's prayers. Your grandma didn't have to be in the same state as you. Your grandmother could be in Texas and you can be in California and her prayers are going to cover you. She can sit right there in her prayer closet and pray for you and don't even have to see you. Don't even have to touch you. She can tap into you and pray for you and pray over you. And she can leave this earth and those prayers are still going to cover you. That covenant she made for you in that prayer is still going to cover you. That to me is what Reiki is. It is the ability to pull energy from God, from the universe and from our own God essence and be able to bend it and shift it and give it to someone else so they can 
luxuriate in it and they can heal in it. It's healing energy that transcends time and space and all of those things, just like a prayer does. Well, when I explain it to people like that, they're like, oh, shoot, give me some of that. I need that. Like, how, how do we do this session? Because what I did was I didn't teach it any different. I didn't change the composition of what Reiki is. I didn't change any of the philosophies. I simply gave an application that would make sense in a reference for something that people already know. And that's what we're supposed to be doing with philosophies as we teach. We're not supposed to change the composition of it. We're supposed to say this thing was divined and ordained. And let me show you how it makes sense in your life. Because we actually have an understanding of what it is and we've been properly taught. That is, you know, given that example, that's not, uh, and because people could say, oh, that's your opinion of what Reiki is. It's not my opinion. It's my experience of what it is. And then I still stay true to what Reiki is. Once I give you that experience so you can apply the, the actual knowledge, then you'll go in and look at Reiki for what it actually is, right? And so there's no lie to it. There's no, I didn't create another agenda. For instance, like with that karma application and uh, that karma example, we are being just, we're, I feel like we're failing because we're listening to so many opinions Versus being guided by teachers who are divinely appointed. Teachers are divinely appointed. I see it in your natal chart. Like there are certain Saturn alignments. There are certain Leo alignments. They're, they're, you know, that show that a person is a teacher or a master teacher or a guide. That goes from everybody for that goes for everybody who um, comes through and they are supposed to develop and um, transcribe, develop new philosophies and transcribe new philosophies. That also applies to your favorite fourth grade teacher who inspired you and changed your life. That's a divine appointment. Everybody's not a teacher. Everybody is not a teacher. Everybody is not designed to teach. That is a divine appointment for you to be there in that time and in that assignment to change someone's life. And you know how you change their life? It's the fact that they see God in you. And they, they receive the messages. They see God in you and they receive the message that you know what? You're capable of doing this. That teacher that sees your potential and pulls it out of you, it's their God light recognizing your God light and tapping you and turning it on. That is a divine appointment. Anything else people give you, it's opinion and conjecture. They're not guiding. You can, you know, just lecture folks and give them words and messages. Divine appointment 
leaves you changed because you've encountered divine God energy. And so you will walk away from that exchange changed. That's what we need to be looking for from the people who are supposed to guide us. Divinity. Our philosophies that we are upgrading and developing, um, we need to just watch out for who's actually guiding us through that. Because otherwise it leads to people just kind of retelling things through opinions or being overly analytical. Um, A lot of intellectualizing is going on now. We got think pieces every five minutes um, and people are getting attention for those think pieces. Those are opinions. Back in the day in the newspaper, it was the um, was it, it's the commentary section. I can't think of the name of it, but there was a whole section where they would give people the opportunity to speak opinions. And it was very clear that these are opinions. It didn't say this person was a journalist. It it didn't, because you wrote into the newspaper to give your opinion, they separated that from the actual journalist who researched, who followed stories. Like you were in a whole nother section because it was like, hey, I read this thing and this was my opinion on it. We valued people's opinions in there because then it created conversation. But it was an opinion. It wasn't fact all the time. It wasn't. This is, this is, you know, your idea on something. It comes from you versus an actual appointed teacher where the divine download comes in. Holy Spirit comes in and moves through them. So you're seeing God in your earthly teacher. You're seeing light. You're being led by light. This earthly teacher has done some study. They've done the intellectual stuff, but then they're also being appointed and anointed by God to move you and to move us forward and to give this word, right? I think because we took God out of the picture, we are in this state where people just opinionate all day and that stuff constantly comes at us. And so we've really gotten nowhere absolutely quickly. We have to turn that around. Um, This is why I teach people... um, how to tap into their intuition so you can discern where you need to be listening. The A part of the problem is that there's like not really even a lot of critical thinking occurring in these think pieces. So like critical thinking could at least be like, you know, because you need to be appointed in a like you need to be anointed to be a thought leader, too. Thought leaders challenge the way that you think and challenge the way that you operate, but they do that through divine means. A lot of people are just combative and contrary. They're not there to challenge you so you can come out of the way that you think 
and reshape and reframe things, a lot of people are just combative and contrary. And then uh, most of these conversations become five contrary people just saying their opinion, but not actually offering anything that pulls us forward. And so, you know, without that critical thinking piece, it's it, it leads back to opinions, which doesn't allow us to actually see truth, which comes through divine downloads from God. It's amazing to me that we continue to live in this existence where we refuse and avoid like there's a huge aversion to knowledge like you just flat out live in this contrary space and call that intelligence like that's not being rebellious it's just not being smart at all it's not being discerning at all and so I think we have to do better and do due diligence to start to um, discern who are our actual teachers? Who's actually divinely appointed? When I stepped into that space with this person, did I walk away feeling lighter? Did I walk away feeling changed? Did I walk away feeling my soul had been fed? Or did you just walk away feeling neutral, feeling nothing, not feeling like you moved forward? We have to start to discern that. So we can clear the energetic sludge And we can actually be guided towards where we need to go. There's so many people who are out there that are gifted and appointed and and being told this is where people need to be guided. And we need to hear them. We need to hear these folks and we need to heed what what they're given. Not after the fact. Because divine guidance is given to you proactively. If you tune in. Thanks for joining me this morning for this conversation, this morning download. Um, Tag me. Let me know how this has resonated with you. Please make sure you share with with those in your circle. We want to continue to create community this year and every year beyond. We want that community to be divinely guided.